0: Yeah. He is worthy to be praised. So I would encourage you to, like I said, go on iTunes and buy those two albums. They will be in fact, Beverly and I've been listening to them the last couple of weeks and just been making a big difference in our life. Turning your Bible to two passages of Scripture. Second Corinthians chapter five and then First Corinthians chapter one. We're going to look at two different verses. Second uh, Corinthians 5 first, and then we'll go to First Corinthians chapter one, verse two. Uh, we're going to continue talking about what we started the first of the month, and that is who are you discovering your true identity in Christ Jesus? Everyone say in Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, who are you? Come on, really, who are you? Not speaking of your, you know, your, your name or whatever, but who are you in Christ? And it's so important for us to begin to discover and began to develop our new identity in Christ Because you see when you give your life to Christ The Bible says as we'll read in just a moment That we're a whole new creation And so this Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 I would encourage you not only to uh, uh, just read it with me today But I want you to digest this verse I want you to memorize and meditate on And, and cause this verse to become the DNA of of your life, because this will change you once you get a hold of it in your heart and in your life. And, and it is this, and let's read it together, everyone together. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Let's read it again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, behold, all things become new. You see, when you find yourself in Christ, and that's an important phrase, the Bible promises us that we have a new identity in Him. Old things are passed away, behold, how many things? All things become new. Now, the secret is in that little word, "in." in Christ. As I've told you many, 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 many times before, that little word means in a fixed position. You see, the problem with most Christians is they are not fixed and established in him. They're kind of Okay, sera, sera kind of Christians that kind of go with the ebb and the flow of life and, and kind of let the circumstances of life take them here Or the pressures of life take them there But my Bible tells me that we have the capacity and the responsibility To build our life upon Jesus Christ And be fixed and established in Him And when that begins to happen You begin to discover a whole new identity that is found in Christ Everyone say, in Christ you see, a lot of people are struggling with the old things. Let me tell you something. The more you begin to fix and focus your life upon him and begin to establish your life and the, and the, and the path of your life in him, guess what? You'll begin to see the new life begin to be realized in your life. And in fact, King James uh, Version gives, I think, 76 different uh, distinctive references to this phrase, in Christ. Everyone say, In Christ. In fact, we'll see some more of them this morning, and then there are many more inferences to this phrase. And so, realize this, that if you're going to really find God's best for your life and begin to function and live the way He would have you to function and live and and be fruitful and productive the way He would desire you to be, you've got to walk in, in, in the new identity that you have. People get born again, and they never move forward past that born-again experience, and and they never discover their new life, and so as a result, many times, they stay struggling with the old life, or they go back to the old life. You see, the reason a lot of people do what we call fall away is they never never fall forward into the hands and the arms of God and allow Him to be the Lord and the leader of their life, and so this morning, we want to continue talking about that because, listen— Your life depends upon it. Your future depends upon walking and discovering and developing your new identity in Him. I think of what Jesus said in John 15 when He gave the illustration about uh, He is the vine and we are the branches. What did He say? He said, I'm the vine. This is verse 5 of John 15. You are the branches. And then He says this. He who abides where? In me, that's in Christ, abides, lives, dwells in me, and I in him, he bears what? Much fruit. Somebody say much fruit. I believe it's time the church began to bear much fruit. The reason most Christians don't bear fruit is because they are not abiding in the vine. They are not fixed and established in him. And then he makes this bold statement. He said, for apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we see the necessity and the vital necessity and the absolute necessity of of living a life that is focused and fixed in Him. It will bring us to a place of great productivity in life when we discover our new identity in Christ Jesus. And so remember this verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Let's read it one more time. Let it be the DNA of your life. Everyone together, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And everybody said amen one more time. Amen. Amen. Now, two Sundays ago, remember I missed last Sunday, but two Sundays ago I introduced to you a thought about your identity. And it was this. And that is this. We are sons of God. All the sons of God say amen. Oh, this is. Hang on, you're getting ahead. Sons of God. That was last week, and we're we're going to do Saints of God in a moment. But all the sons of God say, "Amen, Amen." Amen. You see, the Bible teaches when you're born again, you're born into the family of God, and you are adopted into the family. All the adoptees say, "Hallelujah." We talked about that a lot, and, and you know what? It's not a bad thing to be adopted. It's a good thing. That means you were, you, you were chosen, amen? You were, somebody chose you, and God looked down, and he chose you, and he said, I want you to be my child. And it says, we've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, let me just stop and review that a moment because it's been a couple of Sundays. You know, when the revelation of the fact that you are a son and a daughter of God really begins to set up residence in you, it will change the way you walk. It will change the way you talk. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I've been bought with a price. I belong to God. I am his. He is mine. I'm a part of the family of God. I've been accepted among the beloved. I've been adopted into the family of God. And I don't have to walk under the spirit of fear. But I walk under the spirit of adoption. Whereby I cry out, Abba, Father. And I'm telling you, when that hits you, you walk in Walmart in a whole new way. Some of you walk in Walmart like you're broke, busted, and disgusted. We ought to walk in Walmart like, bless God, I am a child of God. I've been adopted into the family of God. I'm on my way to heaven from Beaumont, Texas. And if Jesus comes back right now, everybody in Walmart's going to know I'm gone. Come on now. It changed your life. When you begin to discover who you are in Him. Somebody say, in Christ. We've been adopted. We're, we're sons of God. Amen. Wow, I can't re-preach that. I almost did, but I'll move on. Now, this morning, as you saw a peak, not only are we sons of God, but we're saints of God. All the saints of God say amen. Now there's a misconception among many and even religious circles about this word saints because some, some d- uh, denominations and some religious orders have a kind of a, you've got to work your way into being a saint. And then when you've done so many things or maybe done, uh, you know, bona fide miracles or whatever, then you are, you, you, you attain to sainthood. But let me tell you, when I attain to sainthood, When I was born again, I became a saint. Now, I don't necessarily look like one, and from time to time I may not talk like one, but I am a saint. Now, when you begin to understand who you are in Christ, not only a son of God but a saint of God, it will change your life. And as we'll see today, once again, it will posture us to a place of great productivity in the kingdom of God. Because you no longer, hey, in Ephesians says you were once sons of disobedience. Now we're sons of God and we're saints of God. Now, here's the verse I want you to see today. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. Paul the apostle says this to the Corinthian church. He says, to the church of God, which is at Corinth... To those who are sanctified Oh look at this phrase In Christ Jesus There we go again Everyone say sanctified And everyone say in Christ Jesus And look what he says Called to be saints With all who in every place Call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Our Lord Now that, that means everybody who's born again That doesn't mean just the select of the elect Become saints That means we're all saints In fact If you look in the, and you start reading and studying Corinthians, this church had some issues. They had all kinds of issues. They had moral issues. They had division. They had, they were abusing the Lord's table. They were, they, if you want to call it a messed up church, they were kind of messed up. And Paul the apostle came and he wrote Corinthians to kind of get them, Place on track and get them Back in line with God's purpose And plan and and brought some correction To them but I want to tell you Today he just didn't call them Believers he didn't call them you know Like maybe some of us might want To call them he called them saints Did you get that To the church in Corinth Let me put my parentheses In there the messed up church The church is all miscombobulated spiritually, they've gotten off track and need correction and even need rebuke. This church, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints now that those two words to be if you're if you look in your king james they're in italics meaning that they were added to kind of maybe give it a little better understanding They're not in the original greek but you could read it this way uh, uh, to the church in corinth to those who are sanctified in christ jesus called saints with all who in every place call on the name of the lord jesus or jesus christ our lord now you got to get, as I began to share with you more about saints, Paul and his letter of correction. Could it be that he's endeavoring to get them and to get us to the place where we understand who we are in Christ and that will change the way we live on planet earth? When you began to realize who you are in Christ, that you are a saint, that you are a son, and that you're sanctified in Christ Jesus. So, we don't find Paul, when he writes this letter, calling them rascals and renegades and rebels and, and, and troublemakers. He, he calls them saints of God. So, how many of you feel a little better about yourself already? Amen. Amen. In fact, turn around and find somebody, look, somebody say, good to meet a saint in the church of God today. Amen. Give somebody, give them a high five. We're saints in the house of God. And I believe Paul is trying to, in fact, did you know Paul uses this, it's his standard term. It's it's not just, it's not just a term to, well, it's those Christians. It it has definition to it. When he called the church or those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus Those who are in Christ Jesus saints He was defining who they were He was helping point them into the direction And into the identity that they are in Christ Jesus And everywhere you turn it, I think it, there's 62 references to Paul and, and others calling the church the, And people who are born again as the saints of God Amen So again, all the saints say Amen And so that's us, amen, we are the saints And and once we understand who we are You know the old hymn says Oh when the saints go marching in Oh when the saints go marching in I want to be in that number I want to be a part of the saints of God You are my friend If you confess Christ as your Lord and the leader of your life Now a little word study to help define who we are in Christ As saints Sanctified the Greek word there is hagiazo, I can't say it really well, but it means to make holy, to purify, uh, to set apart for a special purpose. And that's what Paul used there when he talked to the Corinthian church. They are sanctified in Christ Jesus. They're, they're being made holy. They're being purified. And I love that about Paul when he, set, when he defines who we are. He says, this is what God's plan is for our life. This is who we are. And then the word saint, it just basically means almost the same thing. It's hagios. It means holy, pure, and consecrated. So here we go. Paul, he's writing to the Corinthian church, and he says, All the ho- I'm writing to the saints, the holy, the purified, those who have been set apart and consecrated for God. That's who you are. Now. Have you ever heard anybody say this? Well, brother, you know, somebody may compliment you or whatever, and and you get real spiritual, and you say, well, brother, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, we are saved by grace. But when Paul talks about the church, he didn't talk about us like we're just old sinners saved by grace. There There is a radical breakaway from the old life what did Paul say? If anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So Paul, dare not give us a name that would get us back in the ditch. And most of us identify ourselves with where we came from, not who we are today. Well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, my friend, you're a saint of God. Amen. All the saints said Amen. Well, you don't know me. Ah, I don't need to know. Hey, according to the word of God, and we'll talk about that, you're a saint. And once you begin to understand and embrace your sainthood, it will change the way you live on planet Earth. It will change the way you look at life. It will change how you carry yourself through life when you realize that God has a new purpose for our life. He has a whole new methodology. He has a whole new mindset for us. Now... Quickly, let me just give you a, a quick word study once again here and this kind of an understanding of being sanctified and being saints. Two words, I do it all the time. Everyone say justified. justified. That's what happened when you're born again. You're justified. You're declared innocent. It's, and here's a good way of remembering a definition of justification. Paul said in Romans 5, we're justified by faith. It's just as if I'd never sinned. How many of you appreciate the fact that when you're born again, God declares you justified? It's just as if I'd never sinned. Because if you have not been justified, you can't get into the family of God and into heaven. Because you've got to be washed and wiped. The slate has to be wiped clean, right? And we're born again into the family of God. And we become what? Saints. And sanctified... Is this word we talked about to make holy, to purify? Uh, let me back up. Justification is when does it, it's immediate? Amen. You don't work your way into right relationship with God. Amen. That's why Jesus came. But sanctification is a process, it's a way of living, it's a whole new mindset of life. And when you realize that God's idea and God's identity for you is not just an old sinner saved by grace who's getting into heaven by the hair on his chinny-chin-chin, but one who's got a whole new identity. He's a whole new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I'm, I'm in the process of being sanctified. I'm being made holy. I'm being purified. And I am standing before God by His mercy and grace as a saint of God Almighty. And we've got to embrace that in our life and begin to realize that's who we are. Amen? I'm not toe jam. Amen? You know, some people are living life based upon what their past has told them rather than what God's Word says about them. And so this morning, in the next couple of minutes, I want to help you seize upon your sainthood. Seize upon the identity that you have as a saint of God. Let me kind of help you. Let's just kind of, let's be sermonic just a moment. Let's seize upon our sainthood and just move forward and just uh, grasp what God has for us. The first thing that I want you to uh, look at today, and if we can move forward in our PowerPoint, if we're going to seize upon our sainthood, there you go, I've already said that. And the first one is this, you've got to see it. Everyone say, see it. In other words, you've got to have a revelation of who you are. In fact, look over in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1 verse 18. Paul is praying for the church. And look what he's praying. He says this, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. You get it? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the what? Somebody say it. In the saints. He's praying for us that we would have revelation of who we are and what we have as saints of God. Amen. And so you and I have got to grasp it and begin to see it. In fact, if you read all of Ephesians chapter 1, you'd begin in in Ephesians 2. Woo, man, things are good. In fact, because of what Christ did for us, look over in chapter 2, verse 5. Even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved, and he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. That sounds like a place where saints ought to be sitting That's our position in Him. And you and I have got to embrace our position in Him. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're holy and righteous to God. Not because of what we have done, because of what Christ has done for us. We've got to begin to see it. We've got to begin to embrace it and begin to acknowledge who we are now. Here comes a big verse for you. Philemon Verse 6. Oh my goodness, where's Philemon? Titus, Philemon. Timothy, Titus, Philemon. This verse exploded in my spirit this weekend. And here's what it says. That the sharing of your faith may become effective By the acknowledgement, everyone say acknowledgement, by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you, where? In Christ Jesus. Now we're going to have to stop and see law this a minute. Paul's writing to Philemon, and the reason for his letter is because he was a slave owner, and Onesimus had been had escaped, and Onesimus had gotten saved, and so Paul is appealing to Philemon as a brother to be merciful to Onesimus. But uh, he's telling uh, Philemon that, hey, let me just tell you some important things for you personally. If you want to be effective in the sharing of your faith, you do so by acknowledging. And by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Let me say it again. We become effective and influential and impacting in the kingdom of God when we begin to acknowledge all the good things that we have because we are positioned in Christ Jesus. And it's time for the church to begin to acknowledge who they are in Christ. Most people acknowledge all the things they've done. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm just an old sinner. I'm just a this. I'm just a that. I, you know, woe is me. I'm just an old, you know, who cares? Kind of. Hey, listen, we've got to begin to come to the place where we realize who we really are in Christ and begin to acknowledge the fact that we are King's kids on planet Earth. And begin to see who we are. Amen it changed the way you walk. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change the way you live. It'll change the way you, as I said, walk into Walmart. Amen? While you walk into your business, when you realize, oh my goodness, uh, I'm, I've got to acknowledge who I am in Christ. I've got to begin to, in fact, that word acknowledge, it means to, to, to recognize, to get full discernment uh, uh, and understanding about who you are in Christ. And until we began to understand and discern what all the good things. In fact, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, he said, You've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Oh, here it is again. In Christ. you got to see it. Acknowledge it. Again, to discern all the great and glorious benefits of being a son of God and a saint of God. Amen. Now, how do you do that? Well, you've got to look at yourself in a whole different way. In fact, did you know you've never really seen yourself but in a mirror? right you can see you can see Moses but you can't see all you can't see unless you look in the mirror and if we will look at ourselves through the mirror of God's word now let me show you what James said are you still with me say amen and don't panic I'll try to get you out by ne- but see I've been away for a week or so I'm all pent up inside I I've got to share some things with you. But look what James said about, about our life in chapter 1. He said, Be doers, verse 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For anyone is a, if, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself, and goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. He's given an illustration. If you're going to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, a guy who just hears the word, it's like he's looked at himself in a mirror and then walks away and forgets what he looks like. But look what he goes on to say. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in whatever he does. And so the illustration is this, when you began to uh, uh, embrace your sainthood, you began to look at yourself through the lens and, if you will, through the mirror of what the Bible says you are as a saint of God. And I'm not talking about your physical appearance. I'm talking about your spirit man. I'm talking about what's on the inside. I'm talking about what God intended for you to be as a born-again, blood-bought child of God. This is who I am. I'm a king's kid on planet Earth. I'm a king and a priest to my God. And it's time we begin to acknowledge who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And look at yourself through the mirror of God's Word and begin to define who you are in Christ according to the Word of God. Not according to your past. Somebody say amen. Not according to who you used to be. Hey, that's what Ephesians 2 is all about. We were once born in sin, and in sin our mother conceived it. We were sons of disobedience, and we hung out with all the demons and devils. But now, because of his mercy and grace, we've been born again and bought into the family of God. And hey, we're on our way to heaven uh, from Beaumont, Texas, and we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are children of the King saints of God, holy, set apart for his kingdom purpose. Amen. Everyone say, see it. You've got to begin to see it until you see it. In fact, this morning, I got a feeling even in this crowd today, there's some people hearing me, but, but they're not hearing me. You've got to hear me today. You've got to begin to open your eyes and go back and just embrace that prayer that Paul prayed to her for the Ephesians. Say, Lord, open my eyes that I may see all that I have and the riches that I have as a saint of God. Amen. Everyone say, see it. Number two, say it. Start declaring it. I think that's what Paul was trying to get us to do when every time he turned around, he would say, uh, saints of God, saints of God, saints of God. And, and, and what, he was, what he was saying to them, holy, ex- accepted, righteous. Amen? Set apart, chosen. Say it. Everyone say, say it. I think in Matthew 16 is the story of Peter. Peter's name was Simon before... Jesus changed his name and you know the story in Matthew 16 Jesus said who do men say that I am and here's a little secret to understanding who you are is knowing who he is here's a little secret some say you're John the Baptist some say you're this some say you're that but who do you say I am Peter pipes up he didn't pick a peck of pickle peppers. He just piped up. Peter piped up and said, well, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And ding, ding, he got it right. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Let me tell you something. He said, but my Father in heaven revealed this to you. I'm just praying for us today that our Father in heaven would begin to reveal to us who Jesus is and who we are in him. And he said, you know what? You were Simon, but today I'm changing your name to Peter, which means rock. And the Greek reading is I'm going to begin to call you. I'm going to begin to declare it over your life, who you are. You're Peter. You're a rock. And then he says, upon this rock of revelation that I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God, that's how I'm going to build my church. And the church that is built upon the revelation of who Jesus is, he's the Christ, the son of the living God. Hey, there'll be a victorious church. Because they know who he is. And I'm telling you today, you've got to begin, hey, change your name. Whatever somebody calls you, whatever identity that has marked you as something less than a saint of God, you've got to begin to change your name. And you've got to begin to talk to yourself and say, this is who I am. That's why Paul told the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, you're going to be called saints. From now on, you're saints of God. All the saints of God say Amen. That's who I am And I'm going to begin to say it I am the righteousness of God in Christ I'm more than a conqueror Through Christ who strengthens me I'm a king and a priest to my God Amen I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ I'm a son of God, I'm a saint of God I've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places In Christ, that's who I am You've got to see it, you've got to say it Number three, you need to secure it For Hebrews says this Oh, oh! I see 1 Peter 2, 9, let me just say Peter got a hold of this, by the way It took him a while, but when he wrote, he wrote Peter He said, let me tell you something Ye are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're God's special people. That you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's who you are in Christ. He began to say it. Then we secure it. Hebrews 4.14 says, let us hold fast our profession." He says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or the confession of our faith. Hang on to who you are in Christ. See it, say it, secure it. Don't let the devil rob you of your of your true identity in Christ. That's who you were intended to be. You're intended to be uh, his kids, his holy people, his saints of God, chosen and acceptable unto him, and secure that in your heart. And don't let the profession and the confession of your faith be robbed from you by the enemy. And number four, share it. That's what Philemon 6 said. He said that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ. You see, we see it. We get the revelation. We begin to acknowledge who we are. Hits up in our heart and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm God's special people. I am a child of God, a saint of God. That's my identity in Him. I'm going to secure it. I'm not going to let it be robbed from me. And I'm going to share it wherever I go. That's who I am in Christ. And my friend, I'm telling you something. When you begin to embrace it, your testimony and the sharing of your faith, what does he say? It will be effective in your life. You know why most people don't give their testimony and share their faith? Because they don't feel like they're worthy. How can I share? What Christ has done for me in the gospel When I'm not living up to my testimony And the reason you're not living up to your testimony And the reason you don't share your faith Is because you yet and I maybe have yet to understand And fully embrace who we really are We're saints of God Doesn't matter what you've done in your past You're a saint. It doesn't matter if you're a little miscombobulated like the Corinthians. That's okay. You're a saint. And the more you and I embrace who we are as holy, chosen of God, set apart, sanctified, it'll begin to change who we are. Now, how many of you have some conditions in your life that need to change? Listen, your condition is subject to your position. Let me say it again. Your condition is subject to your position. If you take the position that you're just an old sinner saved by grace, you're just just barely in the kingdom, it affects your condition in an adverse way. But when you begin to take the position that, hey, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. I'm a saint of God. That understanding and revelation of your position in Him and your new identity in Him will undoubtedly change your condition. People who want somebody to come with a magic wand and change your condition... Did you know the capacity to change your condition is found in your revelation, in the revelation and the understanding of your new position as a saint of God in Christ? That will change your condition. Every day, all day, 24 hours a day, 24-7. Amen. All the saints of God stand together with me this morning. It's time to acknowledge who we are. Somebody here today, you've been acknowledging your past. Hey, thank God for His deliverance and His healing. But listen, we need to acknowledge our new position in Him. The identity as a saint of God. Most people live way beneath their God-ordained purpose and plan. Why? Because they don't understand who they are in Christ. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. Father, today...